help our kids to understand, honey, you have a mom and dad who love you. Teenage years are years when kids become distanced from their parents and they spend their 20s and 30s trying to become reacquainted. We don't have to have that happen to us. We pray for you every day of your life. Your friends for whom you're tempted to do foolish things do not love you like your mom and dad do. They haven't prayed for you every day of your life. Ask them. We love you. We're committed to you. I think a major problem is that parents give up on being a nurturing influence in the lives of teenagers. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we'll hear once again from Dr. Ted Tripp, who will be one of our keynote speakers at this year's Definitions Conference coming up Saturday, May 14th. It's really only a week and a half away. We hope that you're registered to come as we seek to reach the next generation with the gospel of Christ, and particularly from the book of Proverbs. We'll be joined once again by Lydia Brownback as we talk about our series of Proverb a Day in May. The many voices come together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. I remember when I was in middle school, it was right around the time that I was starting to really study the Bible for myself. I started preaching when I was 12, and my dad really started to teach me and train me and give me all of these great resources, including, which I still have to this day, uh, the uh, commentaries from Dr. Warren Wearsby, who, have, who became a good friend here as a ministry of song time, teaching me to study God's Word. I've had a lot of great mentors, and they taught me at that specific time to really focus in and hone in on the book of Proverbs. Uh, it really became a great resource in my life and uh, helped me through so many circumstances. Uh, in those early years of my life and my ministry, Proverbs has been a, a real challenge to frame the way I think about life and, and every subject imaginable. That's why in our series of Proverb a Day in May, we're encouraging you to not only study the book of Proverbs, but also to teach this to your children. In fact, Proverbs was written by a father from Solomon to his son. This was designed to pass this information on to the next generation. We're joined once again by Lydia Brownback, who's written a couple books on the book of Proverbs. One is a study guide from the Knowing the Bible series, and another one is called A Woman's Wisdom, How the Book of Proverbs Speaks to Everything. And Lydia, this is a subject that I think is ripe for passing it on to the next generation, because that's what it was written for. It was written by Solomon to encourage his son, and we can do the same thing as we think about those who come behind us. Uh, he doesn't sugarcoat it, does he? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he when he's giving this to his son, this is the way the world works. You either follow the Lord and you prosper, or you reject the Lord, you rebel against him, and life's not going to go very well. And I think this is a beautiful case where we see maybe more than in any other book of the Bible where it's spelled out so concretely that if the, the way God has designed the world to work, if you plug in A, you're going to get B. And not 100% of the time, of course, these are general principles about how God's designed the world to work. And then we see that in, in the eighth chapter where we get this, this poem about wisdom at creation. What is that about here in this? So you think, why, why is that coming into play? You know, where we talk about wisdom being with God back at creation. And this is where I think we see this thread of how God did design the world to function in a certain way, that if you live like this, you're going to get this. And there's wisdom built right into the, the, the outworking of life in the way God made the world to work so that typically, if you live a certain way, you're going to benefit or not, depending on how you choose to live. And then Proverbs gives us that. Proverbs then says, if you want to be blessed, here's how to do it. It's an instruction manual 
about how to get blessed. I mean, I, God was so kind to give us that. Hmm. It seems that sometimes when we approach a book like Proverbs, uh, much of the scripture that's very instructionally based, uh, we, we tend to walk away with this idea of, of black and white do's and don'ts, rules and structures, and uh, obedience or disobedience. But there's something even more, I think, foundational to the book of Proverbs that, uh, that we can touch on, that it is that it is essentially teaching us a greater principle of how to fear the Lord. Uh, this is the, the beginning of wisdom, and that's the, yeah. the impetus of all of this, is that it would teach us how to walk in a manner that is 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 in in line with the gospel, in line with in honoring God, in loving Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's it's instruction of what it actually looks like to be obedient to God. That's the key phrase in the in the entire book. Uh, the undergirding of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So not only is it the beginning of the fear of the Lord, it is fear of the Lord, and they they are almost synonymous. Fear of the Lord and wisdom. Uh, if you are if you fear the Lord, you're wise. And if you want to be wise and grow in wisdom, you'll you'll cultivate fear of the Lord. So we do see that's a the key phrase throughout this book. The, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, um, it, you know, as one example. So that's what this father is instructing his son. That the, the key to wisdom, the working out of this, it all springs from this fear of the Lord, which we see right in chapter four, verse twenty-three, where it says, "Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life." And, and that is basically a call to, you know, that, that verse is applied to romance all the time, to young women called to guard their hearts. But it doesn't mean that. It's basically about guarding, safeguarding God's place in your affections and in, in revering Him and shaping your life around what He says in His Word. Hmm. Now, the book of Proverbs is is rich in its description of wisdom, not only in describing it as the fear of the Lord, but uh, describing wisdom as as a woman. Um, that's a very unique take on it. As a man, and especially as a young boy reading it, I was like a little con- confused about that. So tell us, why is, why is wisdom personified as a woman? Um, why that particular gender, I'm not sure, but I do know in chapter nine there where we see lady wisdom, we also mm-hmm. have lady folly. Yeah. And this is a beautiful contrast here where we see how how wisdom comes so notice how so lady wisdom calls out to us she invites people in and isn't this it's a beautiful picture of the gospel and about how god invites us to himself to to wisdom we are invited to learn the fear of the lord and to come to him so she issues this amazing invitation and makes it so appealing she even invites fools to come so so we don't have to be scared that our sins keep us away. We are invited to come. So, and I think that echoes invitations to feasts all through scripture. We see in Isaiah, you know, we're invited to come and and, and have wine. And and then Jesus turns wine into, uh, water into wine at a feast. There's gonna be the, the, the marriage supper of the lamb. Um, there's so much feasting around uh, invitations to feast with the Lord that come from the Lord. So I, I think here we have this woman inviting us to a banquet at her at her home to come partake of the goodness and the good things she offers, contrasted with Lady Folly, who beckons people to come in and, and eat at her table, but the, the price for that is death. Mm-hmm. 
I think in some ways, you know, since this is a book given by Solomon, who had quite a few uh, experiences with women, um, and uh, passing it on to his his son and giving them instruction, especially for young, hormonal, and attractive, these are the things we ought to be seeking after. Uh, you know, Proverbs is really giving us a perspective on the things that we often think are really important in our lives, the things that we want to be seeking versus the things that we ought to be seeking. There, therein lies the, the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, very much so. And I think it goes beyond just the, you know, don't do that, son. Stay away from women like that. The way Proverbs are presented, the different Proverbs, not just the little sayings, but even in the the poems we find in in chapters five and seven about long poems where where the father paints a picture of what the immoral temptress looks like, the seductive woman. And he, he points out traits to be cautious of, to be aware of, and, and, to kind of consider consider that you're not just blindly walking into a situation, have your guard up, and you know a lot of a lot of women would would take umbrage at my saying that you can't blame the woman, and you know I, I do think I do think though that yes it, it goes both ways. We are part of wisdom is is to be discerning about character, whether we're talking about men or women, and we see in Proverbs, we're, we're, you know, we're told to, to recognize danger and avoid it. Well, how can, we, how can we do that if we refuse to recognize what Scripture's giving us as traits to be careful of, whether we're men or women? We've been talking with Lydia Brownback, who's the author of two particular books on the book of Proverbs. The first is a study guide, a 12-week guide from the Knowing the Bible series. And the other is a book called A Woman's Wisdom, How the Book of Proverbs Speaks to Everything. You can find out more information about her books by giving us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com and contact us there. Or write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630. As we're talking about the book of Proverbs and preparing with our theme verse to train up a child in the way that he should go, I hope that you are encouraged by this week's study with Dr. Ted Tripp. Looking at the book of Proverbs, it gives us a guidebook, really, on how to parent, how to raise up the next generation, ultimately fulfilling the Shema, to to teach our children to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And how do we do that? When we sit down, when we lay down, and when we walk along the way, Proverbs affects every single aspect of our lives to help us pass this wisdom on to the next generation. Here, Dr. Ted Tripp takes us back to our study in the book of Proverbs to encourage us to take this commission seriously as we pass on our wisdom to those who come behind us. The second element in this passage of Scripture is adherence to parental guidance and, and, and instruction. Really, remembering your parents' words. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. For they will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Proverbs says it again in chapter 6, in a little more expansive way, but it's the same warning. My son, keep your father's, verse 20, your father's commands. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these lamps, these commands are a lamp, and this teaching 
is alike, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Remember your father's commands. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. We need to help our kids to understand, honey, you have, you have a mom and dad who love you. Your mom and dad love you. We're committed to you. We pray for you every day of your life. We're committed to you. We understand you. We understand the ways of God. Please don't walk away from us in these teenage years. Teenage years are years when kids become distanced from their parents. And they spend their 20s and 30s trying to become reacquainted. We don't have to have that happen to us. Don't walk away from us. We love you. We're committed to you. We've prayed for you every day of your life. Your friends for whom you're tempted to do foolish things do not love you like your mom and dad do. They haven't prayed for you every day of your life. Ask them. We love you. We're committed to you. Don't walk away from us. I think a major problem in evangelicaldom is that parents give up on being a nurturing influence in the lives of teenagers. I was talking to a pastor in a PCA church last August, and he said, you know, when I asked him, what problems do you see with parents and teens? The first thing he said is parents disengage. Parents give up on being an influence. Parents conclude, my children are going to be more influenced by their friends and their peers than they are by me. And parents quit striving to be an influence in the lives of their teens. Quit thinking of creative ways to keep involved and keep connected and creating context for relationship where the parent can be giving their instruction and their teaching, where they can be opening up paths of wisdom for their kids. And we need to be helping our kids uh, by, by, by serving them in, the, in these ways and opening up truth for them and urging them, remember your parents' words. Don't walk away from us. We love you. We're committed to you. Don't walk away from us. Now, that may sound painfully self-serving to you. But let me ask you, brethren, if we're not telling that to our kids, who's going to tell them that? I mean, all the icons of the culture are not going to tell them that. My wife was with a group of young people from our Christian school. She had gone to a leadership conference. Thousands of young people in this conference. Sponsored by a major association of Christian schools in America. And uh, she had taken a group of young people from our school. They had a young speaker get up. This young guy, this young guy in his early 20s, and he was cool and hip, and he, he got up. And the first thing he said, he says, I want all you old people to leave. All you old people, you leave, because I'm going to really break it down with the kids, and they're not going to talk to me if all you old people are here. So all you old people, you leave. And everyone with wisdom, life experience, maturity, got up and left the room. Except for Margie. She stayed with her kids. She wrote him a letter later and explained to him why she had done that. And she was very careful in talking to the kids about it, not to denigrate the man. He said a lot of good things. But think about this. What's the message for the kids when this guy gets up? Hey, I'm cool. You know, I'm 23. I'm going to really break it down with you. You know, all these old people leave. He should have gotten up and said, look around you, young people, at these, at these uh, people who have brought you. These people have laid down their lives so you could have Christian education. These people have sacrificed, who, who buy clothes in thrift stores and drive old cars and don't take vacations to Disney World because they've laid down their lives so that you can have Christian education. Let's thank God for these people. Instead, the message, even from this Christian organization, was these people are irrelevant. We need to be helping our kids to see your, your, your God and His kind providence is giving your mom and dad to love you. We're, and we're committed to you. Today's proverb of the day in May 
comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Probably one of the most familiar Proverbs that uh, you've heard. You've probably even hid this word in your heart. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your straight paths. Uh, This is such a very important passage because it reminds us how to trust in God. As we are looking at our theme verse for this series, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he won't depart from it. One of the things that I think that we miscommunicate or we fail to pass on to the next generation is the fact that we are communicating a false gospel to them. When we have prodigals that walk away from the faith, our temptation is to panic, to get anxious, to be fearful, uh, to trust in and look at all of the mistakes that we've made and, and try to figure out what did we do wrong. That is the opposite of this verse. It says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to not lean on your own understandings. In all your ways to acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The reason I think this is so crucial is because as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to walk around not with arrogance, but with confidence of what God has said he will do and how he will see it through. I say this to parents all of the time. You have to remember uh, parents and grandparents struggling with prodigals, or even if your kids are still in the church, you must remember this un- an unsaleable truth. It is absolutely true that God loves your children more than you could ever love your children. And God is a better father, a more better, a better parent than either you or your spouse. You have to trust them with God. You do your part, you raise them right, you teach them and train them, and you help them to understand how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But when you're dealing with that stress, when you're under that pressure, I always want to just tell parents, don't let you in your faith be, be brought off track. Uh, continue to endeavor so that even when you are old, you will not uh, forsake the teaching, the training by which you were trained in the faith and the trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I hope that you'll join us coming up on Saturday, May 14th for a special definitions conference with our keynote speaker, you heard him today, Dr. Ted Tripp. He'll be bringing his wife, Margie, and she's written an excellent book on on prodigals in particular, and Dr. James Manganello, who is a a Christian psychologist who's talking about uh, how to uh, understand and address adolescent mental health issues. All of these are very important topics that we need to address in our culture today if we're going to reach the next generation for Christ. So consider coming. Uh, Find out more information by registering on our website at songtime.com or give us a call 508-362-7070. And if you want to support this work, if you really want to support this conference, then you can write to us. Send in a donation of any amount to Songtime Radio. P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call, 508-362-7070. That's 508-362-7070.
1-800-242-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com where you can make a safe and secure donation online. And be sure to follow us on social media and help us spread the news about this conference coming up on Saturday, May 14th. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow. We'll continue our study with Dr. Ted Tripp as we're looking at a proverb a day in May and a warning that I think is actually very fitting for especially what we've been through in the past two years. Wicked people are going to endeavor to turn your kids on to all manner of wickedness. And we need to help our children to know how to resist that onslaught that is coming at them all the time. We have a culture that is not easily quarantined. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. <laughs>